Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Our next guest actually is going to be pretty strong on the dynasty disagreement we had earlier in the show. He's also going to give us uh, be able to give us some background here on Gerard Johnson, who's been interviewing for the Browns offensive coordinator job. Uh, he is the general. He is He's the general, and he wants a piece of paper. Is that is that a real thing? It is. Well, let's ask John McClain on the North Olmstead Chrysler. It was a while ago. Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. John, I've never heard that you've eaten paper. Can you please fill us in on this? Welcome to the show, by the way. Well, first of all, thank you. I I have been exchanging text messages with a player you guys know very well, a Cleveland receiver, Webster Slaughter, who lives there, and uh, Warren Mosby. And Doug did next week in the Houston Sports Hall of Fame. A lot of his former teammates are coming back, including his receivers from the run and shoot era and Webster played here three years after he left the Browns. He's doing very well. Um, and also I've never referred to myself as the general. I got that nickname in the eighties, but I've never, people ask me, are you the general? I said, no, I'm John McClain because I think it's an insult to generals. Anyway, uh, I said one time there was no way the Texans would not would the Texans if the Texans didn't draft a quarterback in 2013? I would eat the Chronicle Sports section. They did not, so I came back from the draft in New York. That was Manziel's draft, I believe, and uh, went up to the draft headquarters in their press box. And our photographer from the Chronicle sat down, turned on his his uh, to do shoot a video, and so I stripped took strips of the sports section, wrapped up pieces of food in it and ate them. And I called my doctor first and he said, well, if you have to eat paper, here's how you do it. So I did it. What, what did what, it taste what, like? Yeah, what the doctor say? Like, how, how's that go? He told me I shouldn't do it. And I told <laughs> yeah. my well, of of course it. he did, but I mean, I did he give you any advice like after the he fact? Said, well, no, he said just take it in strips and wrap the food up and hope you don't uh, get it caught in your intestine. Okay. Well, well, you're still alive, so yeah, that's, that's, that's a positive. That's Unless a win. Unless it's delayed or yeah, something. I made like it that. a long time. That's a win. Did you did did it come out? It didn't come out in one piece. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, just wanted, I, I wanted to verify. I didn't know if you got to turn around no and read trick. the there was no trick to it. Like it all goes in and like you, you didn't get the headline in the, the toilet? Jish and in one piece. <laughs> so John, what can you tell us about Gerard Johnson? Gerard Johnson uh, was a great athlete here in Houston, a uh, great basketball player and football, of course. He went to Texas A&M, played quarterback. And uh, he was there when Ryan Tannehill was a wide receiver before they moved into quarterback. And Gerard played, I think, one-year basketball at Texas A&M. And then when he got out, he bounced around on practice squads, coached high school here, and he met. D'Amico Lyons, and he met Kyle Shanahan in 2017. Their first year was Shanahan and Bobby Sloak, all working uh, under Shanahan with 49ers in Shanahan's first season. 
So he was the Bill Walsh diversity hire that season. Then he went to the Colts. Then he was the Vikings assistant quarterback coach. And D'Amico Ryans brought him back home as the quarterback coach, which he's done one year. And he spent more time with uh, C.J. Stroud than anybody. And we asked uh, Stroud uh, Monday about the fact he could lose Slowick and Gerard Johnson. And he said, well, he said, I, I wish them the very best, but if they're back, I think that'd be real cool. Now, he's only been the head, head quarterback coach one year. I'm working on a column right now for SportsRadio610.com that I don't think either one is ready. Uh, Bobby Sloick, I don't think he needs a second year as a play caller and a coordinator. And if he leaves after next season, which I assume he would, because that's what D'Amico Ryans did, what Ben Johnson has done in Detroit, Kevin O'Connell did it with the Rams, go back for a second year as a coordinator, and then they're and they're more prepared. And if Bobby Sloick leaves, Dwight Johnson would be promoted here. Now, if he went to New Orleans, he would work with Derek Carr, and he would call plays, but a lot of people think Dennis Johnson could be gone after next season. If he comes to the Browns, and uh, Kevin Stefanski's going to call plays, right? I don't think uh, so. It appears that way, yeah. Okay, well, then he wouldn't call plays. So uh, I think it's best he stay here. But if the Browns did get him, he's a great guy, great interview. He's got everything you want in a guy that could potentially be a head coach. He's got a presence, and he is a great talker. When I say great, I'm talking about informative, entertaining, just everything comes out of his mouth is good when we're interviewing him about quarterbacks. So uh, good luck to the Browns, but I hope they don't get him because he needs one more year. Is it too early, John, to say that the Texans won the Deshaun trade? Uh, uh, no, because I think Deshaun deserves to get a full season in which he's not in, injured and show people up there if he can still play the way he did his last year, season here in 2020 before the you-know-what hit the fan. Because he was great. Team was only won four games, but he was tremendous. And as uh, after that season, and he told him he wanted out immediately. And he told us when we interviewed him the day after, he didn't sound like he wanted out, but there were things going on behind the scenes that he didn't like. And we assumed that meant Jack Easterby as an interim GM trying to take over. And he was fired last season. Yeah, last season. So, I think uh, it's too early to say that. Texans, of course, have one more pick and in the first round, they have a fourth round coming. But, you know, it all depends on who the Texans get. They got Damian Pierce after last season where, wow, boy, what a great pick. And Pierce was tremendous as a rookie. Then Bobby Slowick came in, put the zone scheme that the 49ers and other teams run, and the Texans ran here under Gary Kubiak. Damian Pierce was lost. And Devin Singletary wasn't, so Singletary was the running back. So you just never know. But, yes, I think it is too early. John McClain on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. I'm asking this simply because I saw it happen in Charlotte where uh, the uh, the Hornets had left. Uh, they had a new team called the Bobcats. And about eight years in, they brokered a deal to bring back the Hornets, the Hornets name to Charlotte. You think we'll ever get a moment where the Oilers are are back playing in Houston? 
Uh, no, never have the name here, never have anything because Bud Adams got it put in writing that nobody could ever use Oilers except the Titans. People here, fans go ballistic when uh, they see Columbia Blue being worn in Nashville, but it's never going to be worn here. And so the only place you can see it is when they play in Nashville. John, looking to uh, this weekend in the NFL, I'm just curious, which one of these games do you expect to be the better game, the more competitive game? Oh, I think it's going to be Mahomes versus Jackson. You know, after we watch Mahomes beat Josh Allen, and I picked Josh Allen and the Bills to win that game, six-game winning streak. He hadn't turned the ball over. Home field, fans just going crazy, the chance to go to another Super Bowl since they lost four in a row. And Mahomes and their defense and Isaiah Pacheco, they beat them. There were some bad coaching decisions on both sides of the ball. Lamar Jackson, have y'all seen that great stat that they won eight games by 14 or more points against teams that were had winning records the most ever, and they did it twice against the Texans, 25-7 in the first, 26-7-9 in the first game, and then, of course, 34-10 in this one. And they got such great balance. I think Colt, I think the uh, Ravens are going to beat the Chiefs. And even though it would be an incredible story for the Lions and their long-suffering fans, uh, I don't see the Lions beating the 49ers who are on a mission to do what they couldn't accomplish last year because they lost their all three quarterbacks. When you when you look at this this uh, the playoffs and, and how they they've gone, obviously, I mean the you know the Bills have lost to the Chiefs. God, it feels like a zillion times. Um, I want to ask you this question, John. We've been talking about this the whole show. Um, the Chiefs have been to six straight AFC Championship games. They've won two Super Bowls. They've been to three. Like, it, are 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 they considered a dynasty? I think they are, not in the terms of the Patriots, who are the best dynasty of the Super Bowl era. And uh, and the Chiefs, we haven't had a team in Houston in the championship game since the Oilers in 1979. And people here are so envious of the Chiefs who've done it now six years in a row. And if they do it again this year, yes, I think it's a dynasty with no end in sight as long as Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there. John McClain on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Looking to the Lions and 49ers here. Uh, so this is the game you think is going to be maybe a little less competitive. Do you give Detroit a, 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 a an even okay chance to win? Sure, because they got great balance. 2,000-yard rushers, Jared Goff. He's played in that stadium. Goff's been in a Super Bowl. He knows he's not going to wilt under the pressure of Levi Stadium, which is not – Noted as a great home field advantage, the Ravens went in there and beat their brains in. And so Dan Campbell, uh, who doesn't love Dan Campbell? You know, who doesn't feel sorry for the no doubt. Lions fans? I thought the Lions and Browns with the longest suffering fans would have been a great Super Bowl. You know, their last championship, 57 years, 64, didn't work out. And if the Lions get in the Super Bowl, I think it'll be an incredible story. We'll be so tired of hearing about kneecaps, we'll want to vomit. <laughs> but I don't think the Lions are going to win it, but I think it'll be a good game. John, are you surprised Bill Belichick hasn't already lined up another head coaching gig? I'm surprised more teams haven't talked to him 
and it could be he still wants a lot of control based on what happened to him and what we've seen. I don't think he should be picking the players. I don't think he should be picking offensive players for sure. He should be allowed to run his defense because their defense was still good, but it was awful on offense. And maybe with Rich McKay there, GM Terry Fontenot, are they going to fire him? I'm guessing Belichick doesn't want to go from control of toilet paper, paper clips, pen and pencils, to having to acquiesce to decisions made by other people. And uh, Pete Carroll, you know, he ain't got a sniff, even though he's trying to get a job, too. I hate to think that uh, age has passed him by. Another thing Belichick would have to explain is why has it been so bad since Brady left? Was it the Patriot way or was it the Brady way? I think we'd probably all say it was the Brady way. You think McDermott has run his course in Buffalo? No, I don't think so. That was a close game. They got some things they need to do. They had injuries. You know, Joe Brady needs a full season with uh, Josh Allen, who's still a formidable quarterback capable of winning any game. They got to get a little younger, but no, I did not think that. Now, I'm thinking next year he might be on a hot seat if he gets in the playoffs again and they don't make it. But sometimes when you get rid of a coach who's in the playoffs every year, you regret it. We saw that here big time fashion when I covered the Oilers in 1980, known as the Love You Blue Era, and they fired Bump Phillips after going to the playoffs three years in a row and losing to the Super Bowl team, and they suffered for seven years. John, who's more likely to be back in the playoffs next year, Cleveland or Houston? Oh, gosh. Cleveland plays in a tougher division, and if Burrow is healthy, the the Bengals will be better. Steelers, I'm not so sure they get their quarterback worked out, so it looks Baltimore is going to be good. So I would say Houston – because the division's tougher. No, I'm changing my mind. Texans are playing a first-place schedule instead of a last-place schedule. And instead of playing the NFC South, they're playing the NFC North. So I would say the Browns, because the Texans' schedule is brutal. What's going to be the key for D'Amico and and that coaching staff to turn one good year, even if next year they, they aren't in the playoffs, but for the next year to be a you know, five, ten-year run where they're consistently in the, the playoff mix there and maybe even go to that first AFC championship game since 1979. In 2012, they were 12-4, and four, and then they bombed out 2-14. and 14. And then in 2016, they won the division, 10-6, won a playoff game, terrible against the first-place schedule in 17. Same thing happened after the 19th season, but it's a different coach. It's not Gary Kubiak or Bill O'Brien. People believe in D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. They thought they had their franchise quarterback, Sean Watson. So they got to add more talent. They got 36 players, contracts expiring. Obviously, they don't want them all back, but that's what happened when Casario was told to totally rebuild it. So he signed guys to one- or two-year deals. The only player got more than a two-year deal was punter Cam Johnston. And they got all their specialist contracts are up. Best pass rusher, leading rusher. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. They got all kind of financial issues tied in, but they just need to add more talent. They need to get another receiver to go with Nico Collins and Tank Dale. They need another pass rusher if they lose. Jonathan Grenard, they got a fortified safety because safety was a weak position because the second, third, and fourth were signed off the street during the season because of injuries, but they just need more talent. John, are you ever going to eat paper again? Uh, no. I'm not going to be dumb enough to make that kind of bet. Now my bets are all about money. Unfortunately, I lose more than I win. Why does no one ever be like, I'll bet you, and if I lose, I'm going to eat a full rack of ribs? Why is it always, why can't it never be something good? Yeah, the one that I did that, I said it on the NFL Network because I was so sure they were so bad. And Case Keenum was their quarterback. You guys know Case very well. So I was certain they were going to draft a quarterback in the first round, and they did not. And I will never make that kind of bet again. A smart man. Although I had to tell you, Paper, the Chronicle, and Barbecue, and the Chronicle, and all rotten potatoes. Wasn't that bad. I'll have to give it a go sometime. John, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure, guys. Thank you. John McClain there. I can match that admission with one of my own. When, When I was a little kid and we had a pup, I tried dog biscuits once, you know, like the, the hard dog biscuits. And I'll be honest with you. So I really loved Lethal Weapon. And this also tells you that I, I grew up in the 90s where they let kids watch anything because at no point should an eight-year-old or nine-year-old kid be allowed to watch Lethal Weapon. Um, 90s or no. And in, uh, I believe it's Lethal Weapon 3, Mel Gibson eats dog biscuits. And so, yeah, I totally did that. And I did that for longer than I care to admit. So it's not quite the uh, the section of the uh, Houston Chronicle as John did when he had to literally eat crow. In this case, uh, eat uh, eat paper. But yeah, I just feel like that was a real man came on here, um, said his piece. And I got to tell you that the Gerard Johnson thing's really interesting. I'm really torn because on one hand, I would, uh, listen, I would like somebody who does have experience. Even if it's just like, I mentioned Brian Johnson earlier, who just got fired in Philadelphia that was organizational politics. It kind of led to him getting fired. Um, Brian has kind of been on the up and come for a while. He was a longtime college coordinator, and he's only like 38, by the way. But longtime college quarter uh, coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He's done, I think he worked with Dan Mullins for a long time. So there's some spread concepts, all this stuff. Former player as well. Also spent last year as the play caller in Philly. But the one thing that I will actually, that I think you have to give Kevin Stefanski credit for, if he were to hire a guy like Gerard Johnson, I would imagine that he would formulate a plan to help grow that guy into a play caller. I don't know this for certain, but I think, like if you look at the Alex Van Pelt thing, which still to a lot of people around the NFL doesn't make sense why they moved on from Alex Van Pelt. Um, I, I've seen people kind of, co-opt Joel Batonio saying he's a great coach and you know uh, people have 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 then reacted to that like oh then why is he getting fired guys good coaches get fired in in football all the time as a matter of fact guys who've ended up becoming head coaches have been fired and good head coaches at that have been fired as defensive coordinators so it's not it's not the end-all be-all or that you're actually not good at your job but 
I get back to the the Stefanski thing, I'm a little leery at giving so many young guys their first taste in the NFL. Like Tommy Reese, this is his first chance as a tight ends coach in the NFL. There is a risk at play here. What I would say is, if you're on a staff with Bill Callahan and Deuce Staley and Kevin Stefanski, that's going to help you, help your chances of succeeding. And I would imagine that Kevin, as smart as he is, wouldn't just automatically turn over the play calling without consistently being in those conversations when hiring a guy like Gerard Johnson. So, I mean, whether he gets the first job, whether he just gets promoted in Houston or whether he were to come here, he's going to have to get reps somehow. And that was always the more confounding thing about like Alex Van Pelt and uh, at the time Drew Petzing, who's since gone to Arizona, was when you know one of the knocks against him is they don't have any experience calling plays. And it's like, well, how do you get it? So I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, we we earlier talked about the the Bill Callahan stuff and the Deuce Staley stuff. I think Deuce Staley's a great hire. I just, I think so much of what I'm going to think about this coaching staff is what happens with Bill Callahan. And you know, we had, uh, oh my gosh, who was it? We had somebody on one of our, our usual, David on Twitter, saying a, a trade for Callahan, absolutely ridiculous scenario, which I think is kind of what Ross was pointing out to, like, I think Ross was being a little bit tongue-in-cheek by suggesting a trade, but there's just no amount of compensation that would make me feel comfortable with that trade. I know that there would be a, a certain amount of trade compensation to make the Browns feel comfortable for it. It's the NFL, and there's a price on anything and everything. And there is this, uh, this covetous mindset when it comes to getting a first-round pick, especially if you don't have one. I, it would be robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah, cool. You'd have a nice young player, and I'd be very excited about that, especially, I mean, the Titans have a number one pick, a top 10 pick. That'd be awesome. I still would be thinking the whole time, yeah, but is it worth it? Like, when it comes down to it, guys, a great head coach is worth a hell of a lot more to a team than one first-round pick. And we very rarely see it. But, like, John Gruden. John Gruden went from uh, the Raiders to Tampa for, I think, a first-round pick. He immediately won a, a Super Bowl. I'm going to go ahead and say that was worth it. That 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 bump was worth it. Uh, the the Jets got paid. I think it was a first round pick, and I I think there might have been another pick for Bill Belichick when Bill Belichick resigned after one day as head coach of the Jets to then go work for the Patriots. I would go ahead and say that that first rounder, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was like Sean Ellis or something. It was actually a really nice football player that would have been the Patriots. Uh, first rounder. I'll go ahead and say that the Patriots were cool giving that up to get Bill Belichick. And in this case, Bill Callahan is a proven commodity. And and some kind of want to snark down and, oh, it's a position coach. Eh, offensive line coach is the most important position coach of all. Philadelphia, honestly, I don't know if Philly would give up uh, Jeff Stoutland for a first round pick. So in the hypothetical that Ross gave us, 80%, I said earlier, and I'll back it up again, I think this is Kevin's chance to do what he did last year with the defensive staff and the special team staff. Last year, he had a chance to go out. He had, he had won enough. He had had some stability, and he was able to go out and get a proven defensive coordinator and a proven special teams coach. And that kind of supercharged the coaching staff. This offseason, the exact same thing. 
But I think this offseason, it's equal parts about who can you not afford to lose on the offensive side of the staff as to who you can afford to lose. Uh, somebody gives you a six-round pick for uh, who the hell are any of these other coaches? Um, Callie Brownson. Callie's a great story. I think she could be a, uh, the first female head coach in the NFL. Uh, adios, Callie. Leave Bill Callahan alone. 